these are our morning voices. Can you hear any difference? Yours sounds a little lower right now, but it hasn't been sounding that way until I turned on the mic. <laughs> well, I just uh, <laughs> filled my lungs with another substance. Mm. So you think that's making it drop down a little bit? Just kind of, you know, deeper, raspier, more hearty, more like trustworthy, I think. I, oh. think, I think people find <laughs> voices like that a little more trustworthy. <clears throat> I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to do a poll on that. But good morning, cheers, welcome to Untitled Van Life Project, the podcast. I'm Amy. Sitting next to me is Caleb. We are happy to have you here, listening to another episode of our Van Life series, where we talk all things van life. So welcome in, Van Life, etc. Maybe that's okay. what we should should have named the podcast. You know, that was a once great fellow named mm-hmm. the business. Cabinets, etc. Mm-hmm. And we should have named this podcast Van Life, etc. I guess we can. There's always time for a rebrand. Sometimes a new year is a good time for a rebrand. I don't know. We'll see. Wow. Should we rebrand? <laughs> Vote yes or no in the comment section. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But we are coming at you today uh, from the desert, which we've been in for a bit. But we kind of had an interesting week because we weren't really in the desert for most of this week. Remember? Do you remember where we were? <laughs> well, hardly. Now that we're a few nights removed from it, that's kind of how time goes out here. Within two nights and three days, I've forgotten about what Things transpired. At the, yeah, you know, we mm-hmm. we. I think we've talked about on the podcast before how we kind of like break things down into half weeks <laughs> Yeah, is like basically all I can remember and all I can plan for. Yeah. So that, that seems like an improvement. Yeah. But we got to do something different this week and we actually stayed in a hotel with our family um, and it was really, really fun to get to just be in a hotel. It was kind of like a little mini vacation, like a little mini midweek vacation um in this hotel in tucson and we just piled all of us in there had a good time played some video games laid out by the pool got in the hot tub uh it was a good time it was a good little mini retreat just kind of away from the harshness of the desert but i definitely think we were all ready to come back out here once the time came that's how i feel like three nights always is out out of the van uh I know we've we've kind of been consistent in two and a half years of doing van life where we've got we've stayed off the road, which was one thing I know we've talked about oh, when we were first getting into van life, I had a friend who worked at Whole Foods with me, and he said, "If I can give you one tip before you get on the road, it's try and stay not in the van at least like he said once a month um we found over the two and a half years of doing this that there's seasons where it comes and goes a lot, yeah um Mainly, like, we do it a lot in the shoulder season, spring and fall, when traveling is a little more difficult with weather and other situations. But Yeah, yeah there are times where it's easier living in the van than others. And the shoulder seasons are definitely the harder parts. And I feel like the times where we need that respite and need that rejuvenation more. Whereas in the summer and winter, we kind of have a lot of really good home base spots that we feel like things just kind of come easier in yeah. those spots. And yeah, since we've been down in Arizona for our <clears throat> winter slash second summer season, <laughs> uh, it yeah. does, it comes pretty easy, but so yeah, this one felt almost pure kind of fun and relaxing. Like yeah. not, it didn't feel, feel like it was needed. 
Um, though I think Jen needed the hot tub. <laughs> I think that was the one need from the group. But yeah, so yeah, we split this hotel room with, um, you referred to them as our family. You guys have heard them on the podcast before, mm-hmm. but it's just uh, a group of people that we've gotten super close to over the last year that we met in the desert around this time last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And it, it feels like we've known them for forever. Yeah. They're almost like a long lost family, like brothers and sisters. And yeah, I yeah. don't think it was... I don't say that lightly. Oh, wow. Yeah, I feel... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you what? don't. I don't know if I've... Yeah, you haven't used that term. No, I don't know how else to describe it, though. Yeah, that is that is what it feels like. Yeah, the, that yeah. is what it feels like, especially in, in kind of the community we live where we're all parked in the same, like, shared space Mm -hmm. you know we're not shared campsite yeah sure we're all boondocking together as the term goes and so yeah it's almost like roommates slash family Mm -hmm. all together for the holidays or something Mm -hmm. but this is just kind of how we've been living in these seasons and it's how you grow super close to people yeah (laughs) live with them it doesn't take long (laughs) no it doesn't (laughs) yeah it didn't really i don't think personally it felt necessary for me to like get off the road of like oh i'm tired of you know, like I didn't feel like I needed respite from this lifestyle, which I have definitely felt many times in the two and a half years, but it more just felt like a, yeah, just a fun, like mini vacation opportunity. Yeah. And it was so different. I remember having just this wake up moment while we were at the hotel, which is a pretty nice hotel. Yeah. Um, where we were all like sitting out by the pool, like reading books in mm-hmm. the sun, like at noon <laughs> yeah. on a Wednesday <laughs> or something and I like look over and and just all these flashbacks and memories I've had with these people Aww. over the last year like came about where we're like around campfires and traveling through uh Utah together and like exploring national parks and then also like being just caked in mud during the rainy days <laughs> in the desert and here we are just like all in like swimsuits sitting out by the pool in the sun with sunglasses <laughs> like reading a book and having the drink yeah and I'm like this is such a different life for us like have have we recognized this yet <laughs> Like, it was, it hit me in the face, like a pie. Did it, like, did it feel, so did it feel, like, totally foreign to you? Or was it, did it feel familiar? It it feels, I think if I would go any longer than the time period we did, it would start to feel foreign. Yeah. Like, I think mentally I can get in the space where, yeah, three days or four days and three nights, I can, like, kind of do that life again. But Mm -hmm. I think probably any longer I would start to get, like, antsy. Do you get or antsy? just claustrophobic. I've used that word a lot. I get mm. claustrophobic now around society. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Going in the cities. And though we weren't around a lot of people, it just yeah. like I was gonna it, say it didn't it, feel like you were really like living life in the hotel. I mean you were. But it felt very it wasn't a resort, but it felt very resort like in that for some reason there weren't a lot of people there. We rarely saw like anyone in the hotel. And it was kind of a really big property. Um, everything was very self contained. Like, everything was kind of in the whole courtyard area of the hotel. So, like, it was kind of like if you go somewhere and stay at a resort. Like, you didn't you didn't really see the city. You didn't really see or hear the traffic going on <coughs> around you, which I think was really probably really nice for all of us, like, to help kind of smooth that transition mm-hmm. from the secluded lives that we did. We did hear lots of, like, fighter pilots flying overhead. Apparently there was an air base close by. Yeah, but we hear that some out here, too. Some. Some. Um but it was a really good respite. And it's I think it's so cool that you like looked in all those like moments like flashed that, that, back well, real quick. <laughs> and I like what you said, like was it foreign to me? Because that just that aspect of experiencing that life with those people 
and even you now, mm-hmm. like that feels foreign to me. Like we we mm. rarely have like taken vacations in the last two and a half years, where that was a yeah. huge part of our life, especially like beach vacations. Yeah. And while we weren't at the beach at the hotel, it felt like we were very much living that lifestyle, like slow mornings. There, like were, you palm go out to the, there were palm trees around. Palm trees. We're out laying laying by the pool. We're getting in the hot tub. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of eating when you feel mm-hmm. when you get hungry. Not eating if you're not hungry. Mm-hmm. You know. Or maybe sometimes accidentally forgetting to eat. Yeah, <laughs> and then we just keep on making cheesy gordita crunches <laughs> for everyone, which were coming in clutch. So wait, that all feels foreign to you now? Even doing that with me, because you and I did that a lot in our yeah. In our I can I can reaccess life. that. It just doesn't feel like that. That is our life anymore. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't ever feel like needed. Honestly, almost like being back here in the desert. That feels more of a actual true like vacation to me than like the hotel did. Okay. Okay. I don't, I'm just. And I think we've just worked and manifested this in our own life to where our day-to-day life is essentially quote unquote a vacation. Like yeah. it doesn't like don't wake up feeling like I have to slave through and work through this day. I'm excited to live yeah. the moments and from doing whatever, just doing I, yoga under the huge cactus <laughs> yesterday. Like I was so excited for that yeah. all day. Like I wanted to do that when I woke up yesterday and doing it was a, such a joy and like that equal to all the moments I experienced in the hotel. Yeah, I think you're so right. I do think we have, at least up to this point, made this life that doesn't feel like... And, okay, I will say, in some ways, physically, it sometimes feels like I need a break from. You mm-hmm. know, just everything kind of being, like we talked about, everything being a chore. Like, getting water, using the restroom, taking a shower. Um, sometimes I do want miss the ease of those tasks and, like, maybe want that. Sometimes I do want more space. Of mm-hmm. like being able to spread out in a in a bed or have a big kitchen space to where I can like, you know, spread out a little bit more. But those are really the only things I feel like I feel like I need a break from. Um, I think you nailed it on the head. Like every pretty much every day that we wake up, like the actual scope of the day in general and the activities available and the And the potential for the activities. Potential. Yeah, I think that's the word I'm Especially for. when we're parked around these friends we've had. Mm-hmm. It's like from knowing them the last year and like just thinking back on endless memories we've experienced, even in just like the two months we've actually <laughs> spent with them in the last year, like the potential for having a great day is limitless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's already kind of like that. And even uh, when it's just you yeah, and me. Yeah, even when it's just yeah. me and like you and me, just being in this space alone, like our desert time right now is very much embodies this kind of lifestyle. And so they And I mean lots of only places. Yeah, they do. And lots of places that we are are places people will vacation to. <laughs> you know? Yes. I mean Tucson in the winter, especially if it's a big vacation spot. Colorado in the summer is a big vacation spot. Um, and I, I really don't think we ever take it for granted. We've a- I feel like we've asked that each other to each other before. We've been like, do you think sometimes like we take this for granted? or? And I, I don't know. I just ask if we take Kona for granted. <laughs> I just want to make sure that every day I'm not taking the ability and honor to live and... What about Jet? <sighs> That's a different story. <laughs> Jet stole a breakfast burrito from me the other day, and that is so that salty. is that is a one of Caleb's cardinal sins. Oh, I would <laughs> don't love to... take my breakfast burrito. <laughs> I would love to know the other cardinal sins. <laughs> Being a Colts fan, an Indianapolis Colts fan, okay. that's one. Um, and eating your breakfast burrito. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll get to more as they come. But okay. so far, take notes. Just There'll interject. be a quiz at the end. Just yeah, okay. When I think okay. of another Caleb's Cardinal Sins. But Jet does does that one a lot. <laughs> so then do you feel like the things that bring you happiness now, do you feel like they're different than what brought you happiness before this life? Or like how has that word like evolved for you? Because you were just saying like, you know, yesterday you just wanted to go do yoga underneath Nadia, the cactus we're parked next to. And like that brought you so much joy. Like you woke up when you do that, you did it and it brought you so much joy. Um, so do you feel like the things that bring you joy or bring you happiness are different now than they used to be? Like pre-van life? Um, not always in terms of X's and O's, yeah. like, you know, the actual act of doing the yoga, because I mean, we were doing yoga, we've been doing yoga for years when we were still living in Nashville. That's yeah. when we really started our practice, our <laughs> yoga practice. Yeah. I mean, I should use that as an example, but I mean, yeah. like, I don't know, what were the, how has that word like evolved for you, you think, since over the last like 10 to 15 years? Um... Do you still feel like at the core of it, like the things that made you happy or brought you happiness and joy 10 to 15 years ago, or even like your whole life are still the same? They just manifest differently? Yes. Yeah. That's a short answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Loaded and deep question for sure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. We might need to get our dog his chew toy. Okay. Pause. He's freaking out. Yeah. I've just been thinking of this idea of happiness and what it like, what it like truly means for myself personally and individually, because I think it's like both an overarching feeling and something that we all like can connect with and feel, mm -hmm. but like the outlets and the avenues that we uh, use to get there or maybe like express our happiness are different. Yeah. What is the word there? Is it, <laughs> is it express or is it an outlet to like receive? How do you view happiness? Like as an expression or receiving? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you're saying overarching, like it's a, like, I do think happiness is almost a mindset. Yeah. Or it's not even a mindset. It's just like a, a fabric. It's one of my floorboards of the house I'm it's building. It's your essential nature. Yes. Yeah. An essential nature. But when it comes or when you like find these outlets, do the outlets provide an expression or do they find like an opening for happiness to flow in? That's Does a really that make good. Sense? Yeah, that is. Like, yeah. I, happiness is a very abstract concept <laughs> uh -huh. in terms of this, and I'm intrigued by it right now. I think it's kind of both. Like, I think it's a continual <clears throat> action of like expression and receiving. Like, I almost think it feeds itself. You know, like if you like, so you're happy, so you do yoga under a cactus, mm -hmm. so and that... that provides happiness to you. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of, it feeds which feeds, itself. which now you're happy. So now you can go back and do yoga under the cactus or do something else that brings you yeah. happiness. That'll, you know, maybe like go take the dogs for a sunset walk. And then that feeds more joy and happiness. So then you want to go to yoga again. I don't yeah. know. Like, or get a breakfast burrito <laughs> and have it eaten by your dog. Yes. That's true. <laughs> happiness. Yeah. I don't, it's, it, it is very abstract and it is very. It's not black and white. It's not just an expression or just a receiving. I think it's both. I think it's very all-encompassing. And I think sometimes happiness is, like, sometimes happiness might be what we traditionally view as sadness. Sometimes happiness is crying. Sometimes it's letting something out. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, Ames. Have you felt that Slow before? Slow down. <laughs> okay. 
Breaks. What? <laughs> Breaks. Coffee pause. Have I felt that happiness is sadness? Yeah. Like, do you feel like that's like the whole, I, well, so the whole here's, picture happiness? I think in terms of that, yeah, yes, in yeah. a way. But I almost think, yeah, how you said happiness is our nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all... All creatures almost and humans especially are it's already in our nature happiness is built into our DNA like we're we're meant to like life itself just provides you with happiness we were meant to live <laughs> I thought okay. you were about to say meant to no, live no <laughs> no thank you switchfoots Christian bands but I think with uh, especially cognizant animals is that a word sentient sentient like sentient yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. sentient animal no mainly just humans mainly homo sapiens that we clog that it's kind of like the terms used a lot like you dirty your lens yeah and so all of a sudden the lens you're looking through the world is dirty so when you look out your window and you may not even know it's dirty what you see isn't exactly happy and i don't think it's not because happiness is there or not there Mm -hmm. it's just that you're you're blocked to it Mm -hmm. and so like clearing that out you can just like experience happiness and like naturally it's it's a nature again so what are ways that you clear your lens oh that's a good question yeah well i think sadness Mm -hmm. that's what i was getting to i Mm -hmm. think i think sometimes the release of sadness and also just like falling into that uh, is one way to clean, cleanse your lens because cleanse your lens, cleanse your lens, yo. <laughs> but th- that's where I was getting to the yeah the sadness point. I think you know, I don't know, sadness comes from something. I don't know whether it's grief or or something. And I think holding on to that kind of will dirty your lens. Yeah. And so yeah, sadness is almost an expression where it's 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 like you know tears. You can toss them on and wash your window, mm-hmm. wash your lens with those tears. Yeah. So that. It's clear again, and everything is back in focus, and you can, like, transfer that energy seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah I like coining the term, like, full picture happiness. Like, it's, <clears throat> yeah, in the moment of sadness, or when you are cleansing, you're in that moment of feeling, feeling what you're feeling, crying, letting it out. It might not feel like what we've been taught is happiness mm-hmm. like when you were a kid and you're like this is happy this is sad like the happy was a smiley face the sad was a frowning face or like a tear or something mm-hmm. i think it's all the same thing or i think they're all connected in a way maybe not the same thing but they they feed and play off of each other and happiness i think is the core of both of them you know of happiness and sadness mm-hmm. wow i don't know could, that's what i'm saying could be, could be. <laughs> Well, I was thinking on this, just this idea of happiness and like, I kind of went through my life uh-huh. and like just thought of it in sections, like what happiness to me was as a young child and as a teenager oh, and, as and a how young adult. it and how it like changed. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you've done some homework to this. I did do a little bit of homework. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. Did you so, work all the way up to till now? I did. Yes. So <laughs> I said... As a young child, I think I associated happiness with, like, a sense of safety and being loved. Like, I think that was kind of the foundation for happiness to me as a young child to flourish and and flower. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like externally that looked like, you know, playing outside, going on vacation with my family, being around family and neighbors and just people I felt really safe and loved around 
Mm-hmm. I feel like that really just laid the foundation then for me to feel happy. I feel like that's pretty simple as a young kid. Like, yeah. that's really all I you need. I feel like that probably takes care of most kids right there. Yeah. Safety, love, and food when they want it. Yeah. Yeah. Like forcing them to have naps. Yeah. I have, I, I'm a very good parent. You what? I, so I'm a very good parent. I know all the parenting rules. Oh, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then as a teenager, I felt, or like as I got older, I guess... I think I started to look a little more externally for happiness and like wanted it to be found in sports, but that didn't really pan out for me. Um, Sometimes it was finding happiness through friends, but sometimes that also let me down because I don't think it's, I mean, I think we all go through this, but it's, it's challenging when you try to like put your happiness in someone else's hands. Or, you know, let someone else control your happiness. But I think we all go through times where we do that. And then you learn that doesn't last. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or it just, it doesn't. It's like, what kind of happiness are, do you mean? Like, is someone passing you this happiness? <laughs> like, I think. And like, were you not already happy and someone gave it to you? I think uh, it was kind of like a, a time in life where it was like, I was happy if other people were happy with me, like they were. So there was like stipulations to your happiness. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or I based my happiness on like how many friends I had and yes. like if they liked me and, you know. Yeah. You know, teenager stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> so how did you mature out of that? Um, honestly. Or, ha- or have you? Mm, it's still, it's still a challenge at times because I do, I don't, I want people to be to um i want people to like me i guess um i don't like what's the michael scott quote i don't have to be liked do i need to be liked yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah something like that yeah. um i mean I, I like i don't like conflict so i think something that i've always struggled with and i'm more aware of now but obviously still struggle with is like people pleasing and mm-hmm. like wanting people to like me for there to be no conflict to us for everyone to just get along <laughs> whatever kind of whatever it takes for that to happen which i've learned as i've got older uh that's not always i think the most healthy route to go um but how did i learn to kind of like step out of that i think honestly i think getting burned a lot of times you know realizing yeah. did i was people spit a joint in your hand at a concert <laughs> okay. is that how you got wow. burned <laughs> Huh? Because that's how that's, I got that's burned a very one time. Example. But I think, uh, you know, just the more and more I put put my happiness in other people's hands, and in my opinion, they didn't like fulfill that need that need for joy and happiness. That for some reason I put it in their hands to fulfill. I felt let down. I felt really sad. And then I think eventually, you just the more times that happens, you realize, oh wait, I can kind of create. I don't even think you need to create it. I think it's already there, but like ignite that happiness within mm-hmm. and feel really centered and grounded in that. I mean, I think, well, that's what I think yeah. the practice of yoga really helped get me there in meditation, but, um, yeah, yeah long story short <laughs> and very vague answer. <laughs> I mean, but. I agree. I agree. Do you feel like you kind of, did you feel like you ever went through a phase in your life where you like were giving your happiness away? Was can, giving it away? 
or the control of it away or you were looking for it in external things i think maybe that's it i liked how you were giving the control of it away and i think yeah just growing up you don't you're still you're finding out so much of who you are and your hormones are going yeah 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 (laughs) same but it's on different grounds or i'm like i'm playing a different game now than i was like physically my body was all mixed up and mentally my body was all messed up and then also just day to day is pretty fucked up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with you know the rigmarole of going to school and who, who knows mm-hmm. that's a different part of a conversation yeah yeah <laughs> but so yeah i think at that point yeah you, you're almost taught not to have control of your happiness and i think what i've learned like through yoga and meditation just like the last few years is yeah. that we are like you happiness is our nature like mm-hmm. you said like that is a beautiful way to put it like we are already happy. We're already prone to happiness. We already embody happiness, but mm-hmm. we muck it up by throwing shit on it. <laughs> we by, muck it up. We muck it up. <laughs> by We put stuff on the lens. We limit ourselves. Yeah. And so happiness becomes like filtered through a very sh- short lenses that we can handle it. And all we need to do is like pull back the floodgates and yeah. happiness will flow through. Well, I don't think and we're so, taught that. Yeah, we're not. Know? Yeah, we're, we're taught accomplishments. Yeah. We're taught to like pursue something, to progress, to get continually progress um to like be something in society to leave a legacy all these things are do not bring happiness yeah like you can't put x's and o's to your happiness you are happy putting stipulations and like checklists to it will will filter that lens if you'll feel less happy yeah yeah i think it filtering it that way doesn't allow it to be as big as it yeah let be. it flow yeah. it's almost like damming up the river yeah and you're still getting some trickle over the dam like what you want to let through but you're having to like work so much harder for the little moments of happiness you get and it's like just take away the dam let yeah. that river flow naturally because that's who you are you are already the happiness of the river you are the river you are the oh, river, the river. <laughs> yes but then i moved on to <laughs> a young adult and kind of like what the YA section, which I would YA, I'd say that was like college, maybe to almost present mm-hmm. day. I'm still a young adult. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're in your 30s now. I know because you're 31. I, I will say a pet peeve. Another cardinal sin is when you're just 30 and you say you're in your 30s. Oh, I don't do that. Do you know someone who does that? I don't think I know anyone who does that. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. But. Then I just kind of continued on, and I really, as a young adult, the thing that came to mind when I thought of, like, happiness and, like, the times I felt happy and experienced happiness as a young adult, it was all centered around music. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, and and still is. Yes. Because, remember, your high from this past year <laughs> was, was... Music. Music. Um, That's always been a huge happiness spot for us. Yeah. Happiness outlet. But I feel like... And I, it makes sense to me, too, because, I mean, yes, music can be this concrete thing, like, oh, I see... This album, I see, I go to this show and I see this band. It can be a concrete thing, um, but it also can be an abstract thing. And I feel like that's really where my happiness comes from is like the abstract part of music of like the way it makes me feel, um, the way it, it can take me back to moments, the way it just connects me with things. I think it's been really powerful. And that started in your young adult life? I think in my young adult life is when I really allowed that dimension of music to like... You also in. got opened up to some new music around that time. Oh, did I? By <laughs> someone. Oh, 
Cool. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did introduce. That's <laughs> the time we started dating, probably, I would say. Yeah, you did introduce a lot of really good music that I still listen to today. A lot of my all-time faves up to this point in life. And we started going to a lot of shows, too. Yes, that was concert haven for us. <laughs> because finally, I was old enough to where my parents couldn't tell me not to go to a show if mm-hmm. I had the money to buy the tickets, which is a big plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so we started going to a lot of shows. I yeah. fell in love with that aspect of it. And then started yeah. going to Bonnaroo festivals. And then... Bonnaroo was a big part, too. Because I feel like, if you're not familiar, Bonnaroo is a music and art festival that happens in Manchester, Tennessee, which is about an hour and a half from Nashville. Um, it's every every year in June. And you get to camp. It basically becomes... You're staying on a farm. The farm basically becomes its own community. Um and so, yeah, you camp, listen to music all weekend. It's it's one of the most fantastic experiences of my life. <laughs> I think uh, it's one of the most influential experiences of my life. Because, um, yeah, it all of a sudden, just in like for five days or so, becomes this utopia, utopia of creativity, weight. of expression, of music and art and just... Of happiness and love. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's no mud to cover up your lenses. Unless it rains, because it does get muddy on the farm if it rains. It does, but then that makes it happier. <laughs> and if it doesn't rain, it's dusty as shit. Yeah. But yeah, I really feel like that that was like experiencing happiness, and it wasn't something outside of me. It, it was, was like, something It was inside. happiness experiencing itself, itself yeah. like through through us. And like we were the conduits. Yes, and that's yeah. what I think. I, I think we can take that. On a grander scale, that's who we are. We are the conduits for happiness continuing to flow through, but we we limit our our systems, our our wire, whatever our structure is, to where happiness can't flow through as easily, or certain things happen to us that we we hold on to when we block the flow of the happiness. And so, yeah, happiness isn't something I feel like we always like receive or people give us. We just need to clear out everything for it to flow through us. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, experiencing stuff like Bonnaroo where, yeah, this, the atmosphere you're in, the energy just like cleanses you to be a pure conduit mm-hmm. and you feel those moments and you want to take them with you to the rest of life. Yeah. I mean, I really think when I think back on what led us to where we are now, like Bonnaroo is a huge part of it, even though like on paper, it's not like we were at Bonnaroo and like saw a van and toured it and we're like, oh, we want to do this. It was but it, we were camping for multiple days, uh, surrounded by a community of people mm-hmm. we didn't know, getting very dirty <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like super dusty or muddy or vice versa, being in the sun like all day, all night. And yeah, just kind of like being able exposed to live. Exposed to the elements. Yeah, yeah, exposed to the elements, hardcore, and then just being able to like live through that. And yeah. not even just live, not like get by through it, but just like experience happiness and love and yeah, fruition through that. Like it never felt like that was a deter to the Bonner experience and was added to it like there's a lot of crossover yeah and yeah from that to now mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. as we sit in this dirty ass desert yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah um yeah that was kind of my journey with happiness so I guess Bonnaroo I, Bonnaroo was a huge Bonnaroo <laughs> was that was the like, catalyst from it, young adult to like now yeah I mean I did do a little blurb on like my present day uh-huh. And I'll just read what I wrote. Um, I just said, I feel happy when I feel free and safe enough to let everything flow, 
feelings, life situations, and experiences. I feel happy experiencing and being in nature. It's an inner feeling. It's not always smiles and laughs. It's peace. It's sometimes that peace... And sometimes that peace looks like tears, and sometimes it looks like nothing at all on the outside. It's an inner state that stems from peace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think in all those spots, I just see, like, I see you found your way to, like, cleanse that lens. You become a conduit in those moments of just, you can just feel the happiness that you are already. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really cool. And it's cool to see that in, cause once you see it in yourself, I think you start to see it in everyone else around you, mm-hmm. you know, like I start to see you as just this being of light, this conduit of happiness and joy. I start to see everyone else around me, our family as their own little beings of light and conduits of joy. And everyone is so unique and they bring their own experiences and hobbies and likes. And it's just, it's such, it's like a rainbow. It's such a beautiful combination of like. <laughs> colors pink and purple and blue and oh, orange. Oh, was pink and a rainbow? No, I was picturing an Arizona sunset. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's it's its own rainbow gradient. Red, orange, yellow, cool. blue, green, violet, <laughs> indigo. Oh, uh, nice. Whatever. Roy, Mr. Roy G. Biv. Yes. Yeah. Look at that education. Oh, I was an elementary ed major, yeah. so that was on like my final exam. Yeah. What is what colors, the colors of the rainbow? <laughs> and Amy puts pink first. <laughs> why teaching didn't work out for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's cool so like where do you feel like in the going forward does happiness is that like have you found it like have you found i don't think there's how you're connected to it in your life and how it connects and woven is woven into your life yeah kind of like we've been saying i don't think it's something i think a lot of times we think it's something to find outside of yourself Kind of like Uh when I was talking about like the teenage years or like, you know, middle school to teenage years. It's like, oh, I was trying to find happiness through sports or through like friends or whatever. I don't think it's about finding because it's not outside of us. It's inside. So Uh I think it's like a returning, you know, back, returning back to your essential nature. The road back to you. The road back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's a return. And so I think once that happens at least once in your life where you have that return and that realization. Like, yeah, sometimes life throws you curveballs or you're just going through a time where like it's harder, like your lens is really mucky and it's harder for you to see that. But I think the more experiences you have built up in your mental or I think heart space library Mm -hmm. of like where you return to it, the more you know, you know, this too shall pass my lens. I will cleanse my lens. It will get cleansed. And like, I will return to that. Yeah. And so I think the more that that happens, the more that return happens, the quicker the time between the lens being dirty and being clean is. Wow. Yeah. You almost like mature being able to like the process. Because that doesn't... And the awareness of knowing when your lens is dirty. I think that is a huge fact. Yeah. I think any book I read that's discussing this kind of issue is always like, yeah, well, one, awareness is always the first step yep. of anything. Yep. And so, you know, it, it feels like if you're not feeling happiness, the awareness is like, oh, maybe my lens has been dirty this mm-hmm. whole time. And then it's like, well, what has been dirtying it? Mm-hmm. And just like starting that conversation, that journey within will hopefully find you some answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's important 
to bring up too, like the lens, I think is always going to have moments where it gets sturdy just because, Mm -hmm. you know, you come to that moment of returning back to your, your essence and your natural state of just joy and the expression of that doesn't mean it's going to stay like that forever. Like the lens is going to continue to get dirty over time or there's going to be times where it gets dirty again, but yeah, it is just like shortening that time between the lens getting dirty and being (coughs) cleansed. And yeah, the awareness behind it too. And of, you know, I've been here before, or I felt this way before. I know, I know what my true inner Mm -hmm. state is and I know I will return to that. You can't always put like a time on it of like, Oh, I'm going to return to it today yeah. or in a week. Like, Well, time doesn't exist. So <laughs> yeah. you can put, I mean, we just had, we're having like three weekends this week. <laughs> we had a weekend last week and then we had a weekend Tuesday <laughs> through Friday. And now we're having another weekend. Mm. But I think also part of it, and this is to use a Santiago analogy, is like sometimes his windshield gets very dirty. Yeah. And currently a mouse has chewed through our uh, windshield wiper fluid. So we can't clean our windshield on our own. So sometimes, especially when it like snows in the mountains, the windshield will get so dirty and clogged. And I'm having to like peek through just a little hole to be able to drive. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, maybe you need to like focus on just the little clear spots to get you through the moment to where you can get to a gas station to, to like to squeegee the shit off the windshield yeah and you know it, that makes it work too <laughs> i like that that the little hole sometimes there is a little yeah. clear well hole sometimes still. it's like okay i can't since you know we don't have the access to it via the mouse i can't clean it now yeah. but i know it's going to get clean in the future so yeah. how do i transition to that i gotta focus on the clear spots mm-hmm. of my windshield mm-hmm. What if you have no clear spots? You know, you got to trust and believe, and then you can conquer your life. Your mind. Your mind. Damn it, Shanti. I don't know. That happened to us on our first trip ever, actually. Um, If you remember, we were prototyping the van. We had just bought it. It was finally like March 15th. We were like, we need to take this van out on a trip. And so we went to Moab, Mm -hmm. Utah, um, in March, so mm-hmm. still pretty cold in it's the mountains little, while we're I mean, living it's in a Denver. Shoulder season, as we've yeah. talked about. So we had three days in the van. Those were our first nights ever in a van. Um, I actually wrote a blog on it. That's I've been wanting to go back and read because I remember just describing literally like the moments as they were unfolding from like falling asleep with the moon shining through mm-hmm. our the full. It was a full moon that night, which we didn't even know. We were not connected to the moon cycle at all. We were having like a fire at night. I was like just recording all of this almost like as it happened. And I don't really journal like that. Yeah. Just like moment to moment. Just like, wow, look at what life was for three days. Like the X's and O's, the mm-hmm. actions and like the events that happened. But anyways, on the return from that trip, we got hit in a snowstorm. Of uh, course. Going through the mountains at night. Yeah. Driving this van for the first time I've ever driven it through the mountains. Yeah. Uh, snowstorm enough to where it, p- it was piling up on the windshield and it broke off our left windshield wiper. <laughs> Just snapped off and was gone in the darkness. I yeah. don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened. But uh, after that, we had very zero, like zero visibility and we made it home. Yeah. Yeah. That was a... <laughs> That was a hectic moment. <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember how we got through that. I just remember I like know, I'm picking. I don't remember and... the strategy we used. I think I was just picking little holes. I mean, no one was on the road at the time. It was like a Wednesday night. You sh- in no March. one should have been on the road. No, we were on the road though. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So that was just a little side story that I wanted to <laughs> revisit phys- that right was a, there. That's like a physical, an X and O, a black and white yeah. side story of like. 
of it's like a sister to what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, sister story. Back <laughs> sister to the family story. analogy again, which I don't use lightly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, what are some avenues now that like let you? You like mentioned like you know being in nature or stuff. Like, how do you can? How do you know when you want? It, you need to like reaccess that pure conduit of happiness. Yeah. What are practices and like um, disciplines? Do you have disciplines of these? Oh, I definitely have disciplines. <laughs> happiness. Happiness. Flowing disciplines. Dif- disciplines. Um, I mean, definitely being outside in nature in the sun. And that usually involves me doing something like active, like yoga, exercise, um, reading or writing. Honestly, just being out in nature, doing one of those things (laughs) (laughs) is usually, it just, those are grounding practices to Uh me. And I think when I'm grounded, that's when my lens is the clearest it can be in that moment. My lens is not clear right now. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I will say too, also, and this is, I don't know. I don't, I'm not even going to label this one. Also sharing a good meal with people. Food makes you happy. No, sharing a good meal (laughs) with people. That's different. So food makes you happy (laughs) and everyone else. We need to go back to Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs because that's probably true mm-hmm. happiness. We mm-hmm. we don't think that enough, but I also so I was gonna get to this point eventually. Okay, we're there. Okay, we're, we're there. <laughs> but I think you're asking how happiness has changed for me yeah. over the last fifteen years yeah. that I never really answered. It's definitely been simplified, mm-hmm. and I think that just comes with the lifestyle that we've embraced now, and also being able to remove ourselves. I think the 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 cycle that society was in and how I grew up in is just ever it's prone to clogging your lens a lot. It's prone to like making you think that, yeah, happiness comes from outside. It's something Mm -hmm. that is either given to you or that you have to earn, which is fucked up. Yeah. Like, but earned by doing something great or by being a, you know, being perfect, being perfect or whatever that I think every person has their own goop that's thrown on them, thrown on them at that time for like what, how, you can like get happiness in your life. It's I either mean, attaining a certain level in your job, gaining some wealth, uh, being good at being a good student in school at getting straight A's. Yeah, doing something like that, or just becoming a member of a uh, helping member of society, or just something else. Mm-hmm. Like everything, you're taught to embrace that happiness comes from something else that you need to achieve or earn. And while I I think I really pushed back against that mindset, I feel like I've been able to really embrace it in this lifestyle just by simplifying all this like it doesn't feel like every day i wake up doesn't feel like i'm stuck in some kind of cycle of like okay what do i need to accomplish today to make sure that i feel purposeful and fulfilled as a member on this earth or in humanity of the species so that i can get i can be happy i can feel happy from what i did Mm -hmm. i don't have to do anything happiness is already done to me Mm -hmm. and so yeah just the everything's just been settled and simplified to where I am almost like dealing with Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If I just wake up and take care of those needs, a good sleep and a shit, as someone once told me, makes a man happy mm-hmm. <laughs> as you get older. And honestly, a doorbe like that is a good way to start the it day. It is a good way to start <laughs> the day. You know, I don't need a whole lot. Now, like happiness is very simplified. The, yeah. the conduits for it, small things make me very happy Mm -hmm. and just, yeah, being able to like, okay, I want to wake up and all I want to really do today is make sure I do yoga under this one awesome cactus. Mm -hmm. And even if it didn't happen, 
I think it would, you know, I know it's, I would make the room and the space for it eventually. Honestly, if it didn't happen, if it didn't happen, do you ask yourself kind of at the end of the day where you realize, oh, that's like all I wanted to do today and I didn't do it. Are you kind of like, well, how else did that happiness manifest then? Yeah. Where else did I... I just know do with the, yoga, but not do yoga, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yoga off the mat. Yeah. Well, I just experienced it enough with this lifestyle where it's like, you know, if it doesn't happen within this time frame of 24 hours, I know that it's going to, it's going to find a space. So like, mm-hmm. I'm already happy knowing the fact that it will come about if mm-hmm. I cultivate the soil, like mm-hmm. those things will grow. And yeah, so it's just been really simplified. That's not a change for you. <laughs> yes, I don't life, feel yeah. like I need, I'm like pursuing some, I don't feel like I'm a donkey with a carrot dangling in front of me on a, like pulling a cart endlessly, just trying to ever so far reach forward to mm-hmm. just keep on moving. You know, it's it's here. Everything's settled. You're eating I, the carrot. I'm eating the carrot. Yes, because the carrot's not attached to a string. It's right in my hands. Yeah. It's almost like the in the fight club when Tyler Durden's like, wait, the gun's in your hand. The gun's in my hand. Mm-hmm. And then he shoots himself in the fucking head. <laughs> blows his brains out. Great movie. Great it actually movie. is a great movie. But that that's the perspective change. It's like, it's not elsewhere. It is in your hands. Mm-hmm. Like, and being able to see that clearly through the non-mucked up lens. And like I said, once you experience it in yourself, then you see it in everyone else and... Because you reflect their light back at them clearly, which helps clean the other people's lenses. And once that happens, it's just, it, I'm picturing like, it's a snowball effect. Like once that happens, it's just like, then you see it in the animals. Then you see it in the cacti. Then you, like, you see it everywhere. In the ants. You see it in the ants. You see it in the moon. You see it in the sunset, in the mountains, in the water. I mean, I could go on and on, obviously. (laughs) Low-key, the ant colonies out here are one of my favorite things of the desert. They are so I don't think it's low-key. I think... It's pretty high-key. I think it's pretty high-key. Yeah. It's pretty high. Bugs have always been a source of happiness for me <laughs> ever since that's... kindergarten. I like yes. how that's come about now. And yes. I've, like, reattached it. I'm like, you know what? I am very intrigued by You're this. You're very buggy. I'm, oh, I'm buggy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just intrigued by the creature, the creepy crawlers. Well, definitely ants, because they are, like... They're so strong. I'm just, I'm amazed by their resilience. I'm amazed by everything about their lifestyle. Yeah. Like, uh, we should wanna... watch A Bug's Life again. It's kind of <laughs> making me want to watch that. Uh, flick! Flick! Well, I've always been an ants guy myself. I don't, I never saw ants, I'm just kidding. Actually. I've never seen ants either. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just trying to drop another Michael Scott, The if Office you... quote. Oh, yes. He does have something with that. Yeah, where he prefers ants, ants to over a, a Bug's Life. life. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, no one's ever seen ants. <laughs> But yeah, ants are very cool, and they they're a conduit for happiness. I like that. I almost just want to do a whole episode on ants. Okay, next episode. We need to get. We'll I need to get ants. a book on ants. They're so cool. We need to get a book on the desert. Everything. Flana, flana. <laughs> flana and flora. Flora and flana. Flora and fauna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think another great thing that's helped with happiness to continue the conversation mm-hmm. is I think what really like enabled this mindset change for me for him like i think i grew up very much the same way you did like Mm -hmm. you know happiness is something you're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. in the day-to-day whether by grades by excelling at sports by having a a lot of friends yeah being an honorable child to your parents Mm -hmm. as the bible teaches Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know uh which isn't a bad thing but doesn't it's not happiness isn't there it doesn't provide you happiness yeah uh 
And then I think, yeah, one thing is diving into a meditation practice, which you mentioned earlier. That is what really settled it all, settled mm-hmm. the noise to where you can hear clearly. It, cle- it like, I think a meditation practice to continue with this, uh, this image of like, uh, dirty lens or a mucky uh-huh. lens. I think a meditation practice, it's not always going to just wipe your lens clean. Definitely not. Honestly, it's the hardest for me to meditate when my lens is dirty. It's almost like the... Because you have to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you and the dirty lens. But so I don't think it like totally wipes it clean. In some ways, I think it just moves the dust around like it's kind of like someone just gently blowing on the dust i was gonna like, say my analogy with it, it's like when i look at my lens before a wedding and it's got some spots and i mm-hmm. go <sighs> mm-hmm. like that's i like blow on it to prepare it for a wipe off mm-hmm. i feel like that's kind of meditation yeah. you like see the spots where it's dirty and you're kind of like okay i'm gonna clean this like <sighs> and you like get it all con- like you blow on it which starts the cleaning process but there's there's still more yeah, After it's not that. just going to be cleansed. No. But everything's kind of settled so you can see it. You see where think, it needs to be cleansed. Yes, but that, like, meditation does do that for me, but I definitely do know that in those times where my lens is in its dirtiest points, meditation feels really, intim- or I don't know if intimidating is the right word, but it's challenging because I know <laughs> that I'm going to be sitting with that lens. And uh-huh. sometimes... I just don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to so face it. So it's a challenging it. step to like actually take the steps to go and do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, than once you're in it. Yes. Um. I don't. Being in it is challenging too sometimes. Um. Because sometimes I'm left. Yeah, I've I've blown on it, so I've like scattered some of the muck, but it's like scattered now. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's now you gotta it, go chase it down. Yeah. Now I've gotta like <laughs> really go chase everything I just scattered and clean it off. Um. So, yeah, being in it is still challenging, too. Um, or you just let it be. I feel like it all goes back to awareness, uh-huh. you know, of, like, realizing within yourself, oh, I can tell I really don't want to meditate right now, and I think it's because X, Y, Z. Or, like, I'm aware that this usually happens when blank. Interesting. Do you feel that way? Like, is it ever challenging for you to, like, sit down and meditate? Because of what you might face? Um, the challenging things I face is just like the metote. The mind. The, the monkey mind. The monkey mind. Yeah. But that, as I've, you know, gone deeper and deeper, just like been more consistent <laughs> with meditation. I know I've talked to people, um, other people about this, and they're like, meditation is just like so hard. Like, I can't do it. Like, when I sit down to meditate just like my mind just constantly is filled with thoughts of the day. Like, what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, same with me. Yeah. But that's not not meditation. I still, I always come back to, I forgot where, I think it's from essentially the podcast with Duncan Trussell, but we saw it on the Midnight Gospel, the yeah. TV show. Yeah. And I forget the guest. But anyways, the Midnight Gospel, it's on Netflix. Uh, definitely watch it. Yeah, definitely watch it. Um, but he has a guest on. And the guest is talking about meditation and how, like, that, th- like, having thoughts is not, not meditation. Mm-hmm. It's just how you start having awareness about how those thoughts come in while you're practicing meditation. He views it as, like, when you have, when you catch yourself, because there'll be a moment I catch myself all the time where I'm like, oh, I've been thinking thoughts. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking thoughts for the last five minutes and I was supposed to be thinking nothing. <laughs> 
Supposed to be. Supposed to be, yeah. <laughs> it's like Jerry and Rick and Morty when he's like, try to relax. Like, that is an oxymoron. You cannot try to relax. You yeah. just relax. And that's kind of meditation. You don't try to meditate. You just meditate. And part of that is being able to restructure your mind to where when thoughts do come in or when you catch yourself in the string of actually thinking that you view them as uh, the guy describes it as a little clearing in a dark forest and you're like out on the out- outskirts and you see like an elk walk mm-hmm. into the clearing in sunlight and like that's the thought coming into your mind but mm-hmm. then you let the elk walk out mm-hmm. and you see it from you're removed from it like you a see this yeah yeah so you, you can have the thoughts float through your mind like that but you are you are the witness you are the seer and the, what is seen yeah. so you are both parts of it yeah um and then viewing it that way and then being, being able to connect back to like your breathing pattern is I always, what takes yeah. me there i always like take me there I always liked the visual. It's very similar to what you're saying of our thoughts are like clouds in the sky. So like anytime, because yes, as you said, it's same with me too. It happens all the time. I sit down to meditate and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do after this? Or I think, what am I going to eat? Yeah. Or like just, or, you know, anything else that's going on. And that's fine. And Everyone, that it, you're not going to not think those things yeah. when you sit down to do it. Yes. And like that still happens all the time. And it happens multiple times in, I don't know, a 10 minute period. Yeah. Like. But anytime I become aware and kind of, because there usually is a moment where it's like, oh, wow, I have a little, I don't know where my mind is right now. Yeah. It's like, where zo- is my mind? <laughs> so many Fight Club references. Yes. Zooming out and like picturing those thoughts as clouds and just like watching them float through the sky, yeah. you know, and just kind of being, cur- being curious about it, being like, oh, look at that one. And you yeah. just watch it go. Or, oh, like look at... Viewing it. yourself as, like you said, the realm of the observer. Yeah. You're now observe Like, the thoughts aren't you. Yeah. And I think, yeah, being able to remove yourself from that perspective is what meditation's all about. Yeah. Like, being able to, like, see these thoughts come and go. It's about those moments. It's about those moments. And then, yes, eventually there's another moment, maybe, like, 30 seconds later, where I get back, I'm inside the cloud, and I'm, like, thinking the thoughts again. and Or not, I'm not separate from the thoughts i'm like going down the rabbit hole and then the awareness kicks in zoom back out yeah then maybe a minute and a half later i'm back in the thoughts but like yeah and you don't even know what happens it like happens unconsciously but but that's that's just how it is and i don't know practice i don't know if i've ever had a whole quote unquote like seated meditated session where i did not get sucked into the thoughts but that but so so then you have <laughs> yes like that's what like Someone is like, I tried to meditate and I couldn't. I'm like, no, you did. You did. You, yeah. d- you did meditate. Yeah. Like, no matter what, you're you're trying to access that mastery over your mind to where you can let the thoughts come and go. You can let the emotions and the feelings come and go from whatever past, present, future, and be able to remove yourself from them and access a, a place of calm to where you're seeing them as they purely are and not letting them have mastery over yeah. you. Yeah. But I think we're so based and rooted in this idea of it having to be quote unquote be perfect. So if we like quote unquote mess up and quote get, unquote fuck up get, quote unquote and keep get, going with the quotes get thought get caught in our thoughts like oh i messed up like i didn't do it right uh-huh. you know yeah. but like mess That's ups just a lie of are a, society it is yes yes mess ups are a part of life like and they're a part of meditation just because you mess up doesn't mean you meditated wrong the mess up is the part of it yeah yeah life is a part of death Mm-hmm. Journey is part of destination. Okay. I'm now halfway to becoming a Knight's Radiant. Where are we now in this conversation? Um, we're talking about Oathbringer, the third uh, book in the Stormlight Archives okay. by Brandon Sanderson. 
haven't read that one, so I cannot contribute to this. Okay. Well, I said the first two oaths of becoming a Knight's Radiant. <laughs> I think I'd be a Windrunner like Kaladin. But what, what's uh, Dalinar? Dalinar, he's mm-hmm. a bondsmith. Ooh. Yeah, Shalon is now a uh, light weaver. I like. We would that. like Shalon a lot. Yeah. She's really cool. Yeah. She's. She's awesome. Yeah, I like I like that term, a light weaver. <laughs> a light weaver. I don't know what it means. In she's the book, very but... deceptive with it. Oh. And then we don't know what Renarin is. Renarin Colon. Rhaenyra? Son... No, Renarin. Oh. He's the son of Dalinar Colon. Okay. Okay. But he's Hopefully another... we'll find out soon. He's another one becoming a night trading. Yeah, you gotcha. know, stay tuned for more <laughs> Stormlight Archives talk. If anyone has read Stormlight Archives... I guess you should reach out to Caleb because I think he needs someone to talk about it with because I can't contribute. <laughs> you know, so many people I feel like have recommended this book to me, but no one wants to talk about it, like as if they've read it. So I'm just stuck in this, like having to have conversations with myself yes. about what's happening because, yeah, no one else has seemed to have read it, which is fair. The first three books are like 5,000 pages between them. Yeah, we're literally using one as a as <laughs> a mic stand right that's now. That's how big it is. It's as large as a Bible. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And this one's even shorter than the next mm-hmm. one. So mm-hmm. actually, they might be about the same because this one has larger pages. But oh, <sighs> enough about the Stormlight Archives. I could go about that go all day. Yeah, but hey, reading them is a conduit for happiness. Yeah, simple. Reading simple. words on a page. Reading by the pool with your family in a very different atmosphere than you've ever experienced with them before is happiness. I think it's cool once you realize that your true nature is happiness and joy and that you are a conduit for that to manifest and express itself. It's cool to realize, oh, I can feel this anywhere that I am. Mm -hmm. I can feel this if I'm laying next to a pool in a hotel. I can feel this if I am out in the middle of the desert and it's rainy and muddy and we have no solar power and our van is just covered in shit destroyed <laughs> i can feel this anywhere 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 and nowhere coordinates to nowhere mm-hmm. may lead to anywhere yes yeah that's all i got on happiness i think for now yeah that's all i got on happiness i think for now so are you happy so are you happy i asked you first i am happiness i think that's what which that should be our mantra are you happiness i am happiness are you happiness? I am happiness. <laughs> Kona is happiness. I like happiness. that affirmation, that mantra. Yeah. I am happiness. I think that's how I view happiness now. Yeah. I, it's am, an not I, it's a, a, I am not a happy person. I am happiness. Yeah. It's a nature thing. Yeah. I like it. And then we connect to our nature when we're in nature. And you okay. know what, listener? You too. You are happiness. You are happiness. Yeah. I think we're all there. Yeah. We're all there. Everyone's there. Everyone. No one's not been there. True. <laughs> could be all right take well, us out i will take us out thank you so much for listening um we really appreciate you taking the time to you know join in on this conversation if you have i think it's an important conversation to have so i if think you... this uh fell into the category of the etc van life etc okay. you know well van life has the word life in it and i think this is very life oriented okay but yeah etc <laughs> but thank you for listening if you have any any thoughts on this we would love to continue this conversation with a thought for your thoughts. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So reach out. Let's chat. And until the until then, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks until, for tuning in. What a weird word. Until. Peace out. <laughs> what a weird word. Until. Like say it. Until. 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 until.